content may not be appropriate for all listeners. Listener's discretion is advised. to WTF Are You Talking About, the podcast where we don't know what we're talking about until you do. I'm Katie. And I'm Decker. And we're here to ask each other, what the fuck are you talking about? So, TLDR how this goes. We've got six categories of topics. The next episode's contents will be determined by the roll of a die. So the categories are true crime, paranormal, history and education, science and technology, entertainment and current events. Uh, We'll roll an eight-sided die. So that means if you roll a one, then you're going to roll a six-sided die for those same six categories but it has to be local. So Idaho, any state bordering Idaho. And if you roll an eight, then you get to pick your category. So it's like a wild. So let's let's crack into it. Decker, mm-hmm. what the fuck are you talking about? So <clears throat> I got history education last time. And I thought, uh, since we were on this trip, I wanted to talk about one of the things that we were going to be doing on this trip, uh, which was the color festival. Actually, that's so funny. I know because I was thinking so, about it, and I was like, "How cool would it be if Decker talked about the color festival?" Yeah, so, you read my mind because I was torn between there was that, and then there was the book I got, the color festival, um, which was the uh, I can't pronounce it, the Bagi Bagita, that one. Um, <laughs> but I was like, "That's eight hundred pages. I don't think I can go through that whole thing. Let alone, I don't think I can sum that thing up in a reasonable amount of time, unless I did it like in certain chapters." Um, but yeah, I wanted to. I didn't know really what the origin story was of the festival itself. Whether it was just a uh, Hindu tradition, or like if it stemmed from something, or like I mean, sometimes there's events where it's like they were liberated, or you know, someone like some there's some sort of ascension or like unification of people, and so. I'm going to be talking about specifically what the, uh, the it's called the, um, I believe it's Holly Festival, is actually what it's called, and it's otherwise known as the Festival of Colors, uh, Festival of, where'd you go, uh, Spring, Love, and Colors, is actually what the festival is. So, um, the festival is uh, mainly celebrated in India and Nepal, and it's supposed to signify the beginning of spring. And it's also meant for others to um, basically interact, play, laugh, have good times, um, forgive and forget for past grievances, and repair broken relationships. Now, the festival starts on Purnima, which is uh, called the Full Moon Day, and it follows the Hindu calendar of Vikram Samva, which is kind of like the Gregorian calendar for uh, Hindus, mm-hmm. right? Um and the uh, night, like, so the night before is actually when this festival technically starts. And the night is known as Holika Dahan or Kahoti uh, Holi, which means the burning of demon Holika. And the next day is called Ramwali Holi or Duleti, Dulandi or Pagwa. And that is basically, it's a... Um, it's almost like a retelling of a story that had happened um, between um, the supreme being, otherwise known as uh, Vishnu, 
and one of his followers, uh, Pralada. And the, the event starts where people gather uh, around the fire and they pretty much gather to kind of purge the uh, evilness inside of them, right? It's like this cleansing. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they basically pray that the internal evil inside of them will be destroyed just like Halakha was killed. Um, I'll tell you more about Halakha here in a little bit. But, of course, everyone that afterwards parties and celebrates because it's supposed to be... Um, there, there are several different versions of what this is actually supposed to be representing. But one of the versions is supposed to be representing basically the... Um, like basically Dharma coming back into existence mm-hmm. right, within or like being rebalanced. So Dharma, for those of you that don't know, it's basically like um, the uh, like law of the universe or balance of like the cosmos. Now, different sects or similar beliefs like Buddhism, it's normally like law and order or like restoration or balance within oneself. And um, I'm going to tell you about multiple different legends mm-hmm. and how they all incorporate uh, this festival. So the first one's the Vishnu one, which is the main one that most people know. Um, if you are privy to the color festival and it's the story of Pralada, who, um, was that follower of Vishnu and how they prevailed over an evil King. And I'm going to say this name once because this name is very <laughs> long and I can't tell, keep butchering it every time. So it's, Hiranyakashipu. I think I got that right. It felt right. So I'm going to call that one I King H. I can't repeat H. that, so... That's fine. I'm pretty much going to call that individual just King H during this story. And that's actually Pralada's father. Now, um, supposedly in Chapter 7 of the... Uh, how do you pronounce that book there? Bhagavad Gita? Okay, Bhagavad. Okay, so this would be... Uh, Bhagavata Purana, so chapter 7 of that book, King H, as I said, uh, ruled over demonic Asuras. Now, Asuras are um, basically nature spirits, and they can be both good and benevolent and evil. So they're kind of, I want to say, like a neutral entity in Hindu um, beliefs. And apparently he had gained a boon. I couldn't find the original article for like what stated this, a lot of the links I was using, like, trying to find out where these came from, w- brought me to basically 404 pages where, like, they basically page cannot oh, be found. Uh-huh. Right? And I was like, ah! Cool. So I was, like, Thanks. trying to search it up. <laughs> Can't find it! Thanks, um, internet. Right. So, now that it's been me pl- misplaced into the ether, um, basically, he got a boon. And this boon uh, gave him five wishes, or, like, five different supernatural powers, all of which basically were to keep him from being killed. Mm-hmm. So of the five, uh, he got one where basically he couldn't be killed from either human or animal. So neither human nor animal could kill him. He could not be killed indoors or outdoors. He cannot be killed day or night, um, during the day or night, uh, by either Astra or Shastra, which Astra is ranged weapons and Shastra is melee weapons. Um, and by either, uh, or, uh, in land, air, or water. So pretty much the way how the, this boon was built, it almost feels like a legalese, like, contract of, like, mm-hmm. here's how you can't die. So was that, did he get one of five or all five? 
All five. Oh, okay. So it was a boon that gave him all five of these supposed powers. That's convenient. So it's virtually immortality other than, like, starvation. <laughs> so, um, now, uh, there was a night, um, where, um, Prahlada had been, um, gosh, hang on a second. He had, where did I put you? Down here. Because there's a little bit of some extra stuff to this. So... For his specific, there we go, perfect. Um, basically, it, it, it sounded like his father didn't actually follow the uh, the true god. He actually believed himself to be one because mm. he can't be killed based on these bones. Okay. And so, since there was now this uh, imbalance to technically like the you know the circle of life, where like there'd be like reincarnation and like constant cycle of life. Um, he actually was trying to um, subjugate his son to not only cruel punishments, cr nah, cruel punishments, but he ended up basically trying to get rid of his son because it was almost like his son was actively trying to either persuade him or ch like try to find fault in whatever these boons were. So um, his uh, Prahlada's aunt, and this is Holika, she tried to kill Prahlada by having them both sit on a pyre and like there was no fire at the time but the goal was to have this kind of blanket or cape that was fire um Resistant. immune right like to where like who, if you were in it you wouldn't die so the goal was to be on this pyre with Prahlada have the fire go up and then Hulk would be fine but Prahlada would be dead mm -hmm. now this is not cool for, for Vishnu, because he does not want this said thing to happen. Mm -hmm. So as the fire is being lit and basically starting to like lick at their feet and like come up, the blanket that Holika has apparently just decides it doesn't like Holika, pieces out, and just finds itself over to Fralada. <laughs> <laughs> I like I what I imagine is like this fire was like like here we go and then like it like kind of cartoon esque just was like and it's like what and it, like that's what I imagine because all of a sudden apparently like they can't get off the pyre or it doesn't say why they just burn alive but apparently Holika just burns alive on the pyre and of course Prahlada's perfectly fine mm -hmm. no damage to him whatsoever and uh, she's not ashes. Right. So this is great for Vishnu. Vishnu's like, haha, cool. So at later on, after Prahlada is safe, Vishnu actually ends up showing up to King H as another deity, funny enough. I thought it was just because it basically they're half lion, half human. Yeah. And the exact name was do, 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 uh Narashima. Um, and Narashima, from what I found on here, was they were, um, a deity that was meant to kill, like, the wicked. So, I think, didn't I have it up here? Looks like I did. But, um, yeah, it kind of looks like this. It's a very interesting kind of, mm -hmm. almost, it, it, like, has four hands. And it reminds me of, you know, in Dungeons and Dragons, the, there's these entities that basically have their hands on backwards. Yeah. Right? They're like these like lion people who like 
they're they're normally they they try to deceive you. They're normally like evil entities, like lawful evil, mm-hmm. that try to um, like steal your stuff and like they, they don't necessarily try to kill outright. But this one kind of remind. I think it's just the hands thing kind of was weirding me out. Like this one specifically because it felt like their hand was on backwards. Um, yeah, it's interesting how this statue has four arms and it's there. It looks like it just splits at the elbow. Yeah, where like so there's it, one one bicep and then it splits into two arms on each. It's side. like a forked tongue, but forked arms. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but they were meant for like basically killing evil. And so what happened was is this entity, and I don't know how the conversation went because I'd really love to know how the fuck this situation even happened. But this uh, Narashima, like or um, Vishnu posing as Narashima, went up to King H at um the uh doorstep right and had them sit on their lap okay at dusk all right and then ended up eviscerating the king that took a hard left turn right well because like this king was like not like technically themselves they weren't balanced because they Uh were in a sense immortal so they their their soul couldn't keep going through a cycle so it would have been uh, at least as far as I could find, I could be totally out of my uh, mind right now, but it would affect Dharma, right? There would be no law to right. like, technically like how everything should flow. So basically what happened was they were killed by something that was neither man nor beast, which, I mean, technically they were God. And it was neither day nor night. It was dusk, right? And they were not inside or outside. They were in the in-between space of inside and outside. Uh-huh. And they were on neither land, air, or sea, because they're on their lap. Wow, that's sneaky. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I was just like, and it wasn't done with melee weapons. That is like the loophole of all loopholes. I know. It was done by their bare hands, or lion hands, as Uh it will. Uh And I know, I was like, because I was reading this, and I I missed a couple of those. I was like, wait, but he couldn't be killed by, he couldn't be killed on land, so he was fine. And I was like, oh, 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 oh. I'm like, that's, nope, they, they that, got that's why I want to know how this conversation went, because you would have to think either Vishnu went and just grabbed said individual and was like, here we go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or they beckoned them over to this area during that time. I mean, just... why, why would he be concerned, though? He doesn't think he can die. Right. I mean, it sounds like he was uh, pretty prideful. And... Right. I'm just curious so. as to, like, how this conversation... Like, I mean, then again, you're also seeing... A, in a in sense, he was seeing a deity mimicking another deity, mm-hmm. which would have been like, huh, like, and of all deities, this one, that might be concerning if that's the deity that's supposed to be like punishing like evil. Um, but yeah, I was like, oh, cool. And it said eviscerate specifically. So it wasn't like he was just killed. He was yeah. eviscerated. <laughs> and I was like. Oh, he was real done with it. Yeah. So um, and that, that legend, the reason why that one's. Uh, done with like the color festival is it's meant to symbolize the prevailing of good and balance over like evil and, and like selfishness and stuff uh-huh. like that. Um, the next one here is from Krishna. So um, this is another deity, I guess. This is the one that looks blue. Yes. Okay. And so as a baby, Krishna, um, for this story, they got dark skin, this dark blue skin, because um, of the she-demon Putana, 
who had tried to poison Krishna with their breast milk. Mm-hmm. Now, you might be asking, well, why, why breast milk? I guess since she was a demon and uh, like there, like there can't be like that merging of stuff. I guess that would supposedly kill him. What's funny is is that she ended up dying through this. Now, there's two ways I've seen this happen uh, in terms of like the story. One is because during this time as she was poisoning Krishna, um, she was overcome with motherly tendencies, is what I heard. And it killed her? Because she was no longer evil, she was almost in a sense being like benevolent and helping this child in their mindset. Mm-hmm. And that's what ended up killing Putana. And I was like, oh, so they had a change of heart and that killed them. <laughs> like, and people keep asking me why I don't have children. <laughs> they kill you. No, no, here's the best one, though. Here's the best one is the second one is because. Um, so Putana thought that like her like this evil plan was gonna go off without a hitch, right? But apparently <laughs> this child was literally sucking all of the breast milk and life out of her through her nipple. <laughs> and I'm just like Just like a child! So she tried to flee from the child and get off her, but apparently it was so latched on <laughs> that she, she couldn't escape and she died. <laughs> I was just, I was laughing pretty hard earlier because it's just like, wow, you you try to kill a baby with your breast, and you died because it literally took your life out of your breast. <laughs> like everything about me exists in my right nipple, right here. Sure. Gotta be careful. <laughs> Protect it with your life. <laughs> but my no. immediate like knee-jerk <laughs> response was just to like punch you. <laughs> <No>! <laughs> um, but I thought that was super weird, but. Okay, so that story aside, um, in his youth, uh, Krishna, and, and some of these names I was actually hearing chanted at the festival. Yeah. By the way, and I was like, oh, okay, these names actually sound familiar, so now I'm starting to kind of like understand why these were being chanted. Um, but they were worried that um, someone that they'd liked, uh, a female named Radha, w- um, would like him due to the color of his skin. And I was like, ah, classic, classic, you know, issues. Um, I don't know why I put that in air quotes because that's actually a legitimate issue. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> stupid hands. <laughs> okay. Um, but because um, I guess she was fair skinned, so she was like supposedly. I'm thinking more like she wasn't white, but you know how in some like um, like uh, like Asian like depictions of like like porcelain mm-hmm. skin kind of thing. So that's what I was kind of thinking. And I guess what happened was is he told this frustration to his mother and his mother's literally just like why don't you just go over there to her and ask her if she'll put paint on your face okay and after he did that they got together so the moral of the story is if you're worried a girl doesn't like you walk up to her and ask her to put makeup on you and that'll that'll really win her over <laughs> instantly <laughs> so that's literally what the end of it was it's like they became a couple I was like huh who would have thunk dating's much easier now than I know um, <laughs> so, um, but that's the Krishna story. The next one is Karma and Rati, or Rati. Sorry, I don't think it's Rati. Um, now this one's linked to Shiva, mm-hmm. and the story of this one is uh, Parvati wants to bring Shiva into the actual physical world here, and to do this, they reach out to uh, 
Kamadeba, uh, which is basically like Cupid, right? And they try to have Cupid shoot an arrow at Shiva. Now she was having none of this, and and, and I want to mind you, this isn't like Shiva from like Final Fantasy. This isn't. This is a guy. Okay, so. Um, Shiva is like, no, Nunya, I'm not going to have no arrows, opens up their third eye and just freaking lasers them down until they're just dust. And I'm like, huh, wow, someone really is not in the mood. Yeah. Um, and so after this, um, the wives, as they were called in this story, uh, Rati and uh, Pravati, were so upset that Kamadeva was destroyed that uh, Rati... Ended up meditating for about 40 days, is what it said. And then they went to go chat with... I'm going to say chat. I make it sound so casual. They went to go chat with Shiva and explain the situation. She was like, oh, I getcha. Well, not doing none of that, but they bring back uh, Kamadeva. But thanks for this casual chat. Right, but they bring back Kamadeva from mm -hmm. the dead, pretty much. And so now the God of Love's back. And so this is to celebrate that love has been brought back into the world. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. Um... And then the they were others, like, hey, could you not? Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, okay. You got it. Uh, and the last one here is, I don't, I'm not sure if it's necessarily Hindu, but it has to do with the Sikhs, right? And so I'm not sure. How familiar are you with the, with the Sikhs? Not super familiar. Um, I think, because I took a class when I was in college where we covered a lot of different religions, mm -hmm. and I think we just, like, briefly touched on that. Um, but yeah, so the Sikhs here, um, this was something that they had kind of taken from, mm -hmm. like, like basically it's something that kind of assimilated into like their own thing. And, um, this individual was called the Guru, uh, Guru Gobind Singh. They were an individual that modified Holi, so that festival, to be a three day event that was an extension of like a martial arts festival. And I was like, huh. So instead of. Love and acceptance. Fighting! <laughs> so, sure. Right. Now, they ended up making this be, like, mock battles and, like, different, like, tactical <clears throat> things, horsemanship. Uh, but I thought that was really interesting as to why they had brought that into their thing. And I guess they ended up having tons of colors thrown about. Um, I, I imagine this being, like, an elaborate game of tag. Mm -hmm. Right? Or, like, uh, did you ever play Ghost? No. So so Ghost is and this is a game I mean this is a game I recommend anyone plays like if you want to have like uh or like if you have any kids and you want to do like a fun night with them. Um before they kill you? you right. Mean? Yes. Um from, from your teat. Uh God, don't you teat. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, anyway. It's sorry, it's so weird, I don't know how to respond. But basically <laughs> you take a sock, right? Like a like a long stocking, and you fill it up with flour. And, you and then it. you beat people with it, is what I'm Yes! Saying. Yeah, you tie a knot in it, and what you do, I mean, like, you know, it's supposed to be, like, a little bit. Because what it is, you know how that, that, that rosin that we use to kind uh -huh. of, like, get up in the silks? Um, I like how I just emulated me yep. climbing up silks. Yep. Uh, basically, it's it's tagged, but you have three lies. And what happens is you have some, like, like ghosts. You have to start off with one ghost. And the goal is to basically chase you down in the dark. So we did this, like, at, in the dark, um, like, probably at 10 or 11 p.m., at like Capital, like the backlands of Capital. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna call them the backlands, which makes them sound really like sketchy, but they're. It's a field. I mean, it's a field. Uh, and so, like, you'd have people up and they'd hit you with the sock, right? And so, you'd have like this white powder. So, they, we, normally we'd have people like wearing like darker clothes so you could easily see the mm -hmm. thing. They'd also help you hide. 
But yeah, and that was kind of fun. But that's kind of how I imagine this was like, since they're doing all these different martial arts and stuff, they would, it was mock battles. It was never meant to hurt anyone, but mm-hmm. more to like strengthen like uh, different techniques and stuff. Mm-hmm. And what was really interesting about this was in, what was it? In 1837, they had the commander in chief of the British Indian Army. His name was Sir Henry Fane, who I want to know a little bit more about. Um, he was actually invited over to uh, the Lahore Fort, and he was him and his regiment was basically invited to partake in this festival. And I was like, "That's kind of cool," even though technically it was uh, what was that? That was uh, they owned that land technically at that time. So, but I thought it was really interesting that like even though they like the British in uh, British owned this land. Right, that the people inside were still so welcoming to have them be a part of their festivities. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. So, like, even though, well, like... not everyone are imperial fuckheads, so... That's true. <laughs> um, but that is pretty much the bulk of it. Um, now, there are some other interesting things that they'll still do nowadays. One of which is they have a drink that they'll share. Um, oh, it's called bong. Um, and I guess it's made with... Uh, did it say cannabis? Let me see. Um, no, not Dharma. I need to probably go here, back, and then back one more. No, back one more. Here we go. It was up here at the very top. Uh, drinks. Bong. Yeah, from cannabis. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And I guess it's like this weird green paste, which makes sense because it's like cannabis. But it looks like that. Right? So they'll ground it up and they'll put it in a liquid and stuff. And I guess it's something they'll also use to celebrate with. Um... And uh, I, I think part of the reason I brought that last bit about them, like the, like the uh, Imperial Army taking, like, taking part in this festival, was I guess historically when they had emperors in that time, the emperor would go out and all of the common folk would actually throw colors at the emperor. Mm-hmm. And it was actually like in celebration of like, like, I, like what I take out of that is it's like, you know, all these people, like you help lead all these people, like in a sense you are like a culmination. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's really cool. So I found it super fascinating that, I mean, I know we do it here in the States and it's really just like for fun. And like, it, I know it's like a day of like love, mm-hmm. but I love knowing that it actually stems from kind of some sort of gospel mm-hmm. uh, in Hindu culture. And that the stories were very fun. The stories yeah. were very interesting, especially I, People need to be more protective of their breasts now. I'm worried. I'm worried that now I'm, I'm afraid to have a fever dream. You've grabbed yourself to, a lot. Where I have to avoid babies trying to jump up and like suck the life essence out of my breast. I'm. I hope that's not the case. <laughs> but I have a weird suspicion that I'm mean, gonna have a just nightmare fuel. I of mean, that. And the worst part would be like they'd be like mannequins, so they wouldn't have like full faces, <laughs> and that would just be the worst. <sighs> yeah. And the, the color festival was a lot of fun. It was super cool. And I guess they also have a ton of colors. Uh, I think, well, I mean, not a ton. They have like six or seven. Is there like a specific meaning to each color? I was hoping to find that, and they did not state it, which was frustrating. But they did state how they made these colors. Mm-hmm. It's like with like what they used and what they ground down. I did find, um, this wasn't necessarily history, so I was going to leave it out. But since you've kind of brought up the colors... Uh, there was apparently an incident where, um, pretty much they got a flamethrower. Oh, no. <laughs> because they used, like, cornmeal, uh, mm-hmm. to, like, with these colors to help shoot out because they're using a high-pressure, 
um, slowing with a lot of velocity, it basically created a massive explosion mm -hmm. <laughs> with colors. And I'm like, that's unfortunate because it's supposed to be about love. I mean, and I know it's about the burning of a demon, not of actual people. So, mm -hmm. kind of, you know, perfect irony. But, yeah. See, that says it could have been caused by a cigarette. It could have. So, don't smoke. Yeah, that, don't do it. That helps not light things on fire. Yeah. Smoke on the outside, but smoke on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> like, basically any, almost every instance of spontaneous human combustion, there's usually a cigarette involved somewhere. Yeah. Like, oh, and the color run was actually uh, possibly inspired by this. Because, I mean, this thing goes back sense. to, like, all, like, old, old ancient mm -hmm. times. So I was like, oh, that's cool. Because even, like, mentioned specifically the color run down here and possibly inspired events. Yeah. Um, John and I have done the color run a couple of, uh, I've done it twice and John's done, done it once. Run. It's a lot of fun. Oh, you look, there's a picture of where we were at even. Yeah. Yeah, I know, right? I was like, oh, that's a really good photo. Yeah, it is. And we would have been right over here. <laughs> was where we were at for the, the most part. The temple was beautiful. It was stunning. I was so enamored by how beautiful that temple was. But yeah, that's what I was going to talk about though. That was so cool. <laughs> right. And I love our photos too. We did get some cool photos. Do we have any photos that we can like, that we like should share on like our Instagram and stuff? Oh uh, yeah, I can probably put some up there. Cause that'd be really um, cool to share with everyone. We'll have to remind ourselves to do that when this uh, episode actually right. airs. I'm sure I will hear it and I will make sure to let you know that we should have some. Yes, do that thing. <laughs> um, it was an interesting experience being in such a large group of people where, like, nobody was pushing or shoving or elbowing. Or if somebody did bump into you, they were immediately like, oh, I'm so sorry, are you right. okay? Or they were doing, like, gentle pats and stuff. Yeah, or, people like, were just, like, throwing like, colors throwing at colors. each other. And, like, like, and it wasn't, like, aggressive. Uh, yeah. Like, they didn't take, like, the bag and chuck it at you. It was just, like, throwing it around. It was really neat. I think the most aggressive it ever got was, like, when people were trying to throw their colors in the air. Uh-huh. Just because, like, sometimes, like, well, I saw, like, people bags slip. That was, or, like, everybody just in one space. Everyone's throwing their arm up in the air. And that's, like, not even aggressive. That's just... Or those balls. I watched someone get beamed hard oh, yeah. with that ball. Because it got lost. It was the big one that got lost yeah. in the air. And there was a girl that, like, got lifted up into the crowd right as it was falling down. I was like, Dook. <laughs> I just I'm... watched her go down on the van. I was like, ooh. But I also got a weird pleasure out of it. I can't. The way you said that was I know, I could have said that better. Yeah. Um, that's called schadenfreude. It's called what? Schadenfreude. What's that? The, like, taking pleasure in other people's misfortune. Mm. Okay. <laughs> now I know I'm surprised you were not familiar with this. No, I'm not. I've actually never... There's a whole song about it in Avenue Q. Oh. Yeah. Are you not familiar with Avenue Q? No. Oh, for fuck's sake. Now you've outed me in front of all my friends. Well... By the time this comes out, you will be familiar with that. Oh, actually, by the time this comes out, you will have no friends. By the time this comes out, oh, you will be dead. No! That's so sad. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Um. Yeah. So. I think that was, I felt like I had something more to say about the Color Festival, but I don't think I did. Um, you can always go back. Yeah. Something else that was really cool was just to see so many other people that do not ascribe to that religion mm -hmm. that were just so open and you know it wasn't like oh this is a weird festival blah 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 like yeah. it was not xenophobic i guess is what i'm going for yeah no it was very accepting the <laughs> only thing that i found kind of weird was that there was i mean 
So there was no real pushing of, like, any religion, save there was one booth that specifically was just all, like, Latter-day Saint stuff, like, in that corner. So, you know, like, that, the... Well, that wasn't like, in the festival. That, right. It was, like, only, like, well... No, that was in the festival. That was right past the food. So, you know, like, there was that food court, and we rounded the corner. So, like, the, you know how the very first time we walked uh-huh. around, there was that small, um, like, stage area? Yeah. And then, like, of course, we'd walk past, and there'd be the bigger stage area down below. Uh-huh. So, just before the small stage area, there was, like, a, um... Like a little four, uh, like four by four panel area, mm-hmm. and it was all talking about like like uh, like Latter Day Saints and stuff like that. Oh, I didn't even. It, see it was that. Like, I know I caught it as I was leaving. I was like, "That's been here the whole time." But I mean, like, not that's a bad thing at all. It's just more like, caught me off guard because th- by saying that, I would have expected to see more religious stuff. Mm-hmm. But I just saw one specific thing. What? That some of my mouth came on your face. That horribly <laughs> phrase sentence. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, it's eternal now. Sorry, come again. I don't want to. God, that's. Someone find me a baby. My god, kill me. Take me away. That was. That was that great. Was... I love it. <laughs> <laughs> that was... Wow. Woo. Okay. I don't know, that's kind of weird. Oh, you're having a religious festival? Let's set up a booth. I, I mean, that was Because I know as we were walking into your right, like you saw like some people handing out some pamphlets. I mean, that's all fine. I mean, I personally am not super keen on it, only because I find that it makes it makes the air in the area really weird. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because everyone's going there to go like have fun. And, like um, most people there, that I would I would say, and from what I saw, most people going there, I don't think really maybe was super ingrained into, like, the religious aspect. And I don't just think there so. just there for, like, the fun aspect but of I, it. But like, I also didn't feel like anybody was, like, oh, no, don't come talk to me about the right. religion behind Everyone was this. very respectful for the most part. It but also, like, the people that did have religious things to say weren't pushy. Right. They which, you know, they weren't just, like, showing up at your doorstep and knocking on your door. Oh, God. But... I think I think mainly for me the only reason why I bring that up is anytime I've seen that I all and maybe it's just I mean it's totally could just be a me thing because I could probably respond differently but anytime I see that I just immediately get like very like uh, I don't want to say introspective because that's not the word um, I kind of recede from everything mm-hmm. I mean and like all of a sudden like I just I just become uncomfortable mm-hmm. almost immediately because I'm like I don't want to hear about belief sets right now I just want to go and have a good time mm-hmm. I want to have an argument. Or a long discussion in a line. I just I want to get through the line. Yeah, and that's what they do. Like, it's like you're stuck. I can't leave the line. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, it's like I know they're gonna come. Although they were polite enough to, um, I mean, I think that. And I think that I think they went about the right way though. I think you're completely right. I never, I did not feel like they were like trying to push anything, but. And it looked like they were maybe scoping out people that would be interested to talk. Right. Not just, like, approaching people being like, hey, do you want to hear about this? Hey. Ding dong. Yeah. My name is Elder Price. <sighs> but, um, I highly recommend, for any of you that have not been, or aren't just genuinely curious, you should you should go. You should go 100%. It's... And the one we went to was in Spanish Fork, Utah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess they have Spanish Fork, Utah. I think is I think it actually was the biggest one. They they said that, that at least on. like the year before or something like that, it was the biggest one in the world. Yeah, they have it in several areas. Let me see if I mm-hmm. can go back open this page because it said that it had 
So these are the continents it's celebrated in, mm-hmm. right? So like Europe and North America are like the newest ones, but they have like Jamaica, Suriname, uh, I don't know that one, uh, Trinidad and Tobago, South Africa, Malaysia, UK, Canada, US, Canada, Mauritius. Mar- hey, remember Mauritius? That's where the ashes got. <laughs> like, or like, oh, yes. from, from uh, <clears throat> our. Uh, I almost said Mount Vesuvius, but I did not no. talk about Mount Vesuvius. Sometimes about Krakatoa. Yeah. There's also a play called Mauritius, which I think I actually talked about in that one. Mm. It's about stamp collecting. Ah. Oh. What a fun pastime. <laughs> it, uh, but it's it's like an aggressive play about stamp collecting. There's an a lot of like stamp. Collecting? Yeah, there's a lot of like backstabbing and stuff. It's, mm. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. So, Katie. Yes, Dagger. What the fuck are you going to talk about? Well, funny you should mention we went on a trip this weekend. Did we? Because we went on a trip this weekend. We did. And uh, I had paranormal. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, wouldn't it be cool if we went to this new place and like we looked at some paranormal stuff down there? So I was looking at like paranormal locations and I found a cemetery in Spanish Fork. And I was like, well, we're going to be in Spanish Fork for the festival. Wouldn't that be cool if we just stopped by here and took a look at that? Um, and I guess this uh, cemetery, I think it's the Spanish Fork Cemetery is what it's called. Or like the Spanish, or something county. No, I think it was the Spanish Fork Cemetery. Uh-huh. It's irrelevant. Um, there's a, a statue there on as part of a headstone of a, of like a girl in like a white dress. I mean, I assume that's because it's a white statue, but, mm-hmm. um, and they say that at night, the statue will cry. And then... Okay. What? Nothing. You the face you made was funny. I, I'll explain a little bit. Um, so that at night, the statue will cry, and then during the daytime, you know, the water tracks from the eyes are visible, which... I mean, okay, that's just what happens to statues that have faces. That reminds me of that little, <laughs> like, little image I showed you about country music. <laughs> there was a person... Did I show you that? No. No, I didn't. Oh, there was, on Facebook, uh, a couple days ago, something in my feed showed up where it's like, um, people were like, stop complaining about country music, and then down below it says me, and it shows like, uh, like, uh, Oh, yes! Uh, so, like, the block. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I do know what you're talking like, about. <laughs> I was like, oh! I would totally have that statue in the backyard. Yeah. It was like a fountain... With, like, half of a person coming out of it just crying blood into the pool. It was yeah. it was cool. I mean, it wasn't real blood. It was... They're a great donor. It was colored water, obviously. What? But it was cool. You're telling me they don't use real blood that would coagulate everywhere? I am telling you that. That was not a great sound. Thanks for that. I <laughs> got the sound bite. Boo. <laughs> but, uh, so when we're... I was looking for other stuff because I was like, okay, that's like one thing in the cemetery. That's not a lot to talk about. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And while I was skimming through Google and all of this stuff, it came up with this page for, I think it was like Grimm's Ghost Tours. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, wouldn't it be cool to go see a ghost tour? Oh, there's one happening like Saturday night. That'd be cool. Well, it was booked up. So, okay. So I'm looking around on their page and the next thing that they have happening Saturday night is a paranormal investigation at what they called Asylum 49. I was like, hey, that's interesting. So I looked into it a little bit, and it was a old hospital slash nursing home slash haunted attraction. <coughs> Excuse me. So 
I kind of threw the idea out there and everyone was game. So we all got our tickets and Saturday night we drove to Tooele, Utah, which is where the old Tooele Hospital, which is now known as Asylum 49, is located. And so we walked in and sat through a little presentation where they had some photos that they'd taken and some EVPs and, you know, just kind of a brief rundown of what we were going to be doing for the rest of the night and everything. Uh, so before that, uh, before we get into what we experienced while we were there, I do have some just historical information about this location. Mm-hmm. So it was constructed in 1873 by Samuel F. Lee as a home for his family, which having been in the building... What the fuck kind of home were you building with this layout? Yeah, no, the layout is... Very strange for house. Well, because it's like an X. And then it's like... A U? Yeah, it was. it's a very strange building, but I'm wondering... Was there any construction that added on? Or was that the original building? I get what you're saying. So I was like, was that the original intent? Or was it there a building there and then they just kept adding on and it just became That's... like... Absurd. Which, because I'm... It sounds... I couldn't find anywhere that talked about construction other than when they were like, oh, we need to make this a hospital. There were some minor adjustments. But it seems like maybe that was the whole building and it was just there. In which case, why? That is the weirdest layout for a house ever. It's like all one story. I mean, there's a basement. But other than that, it's all one story, just like sprawling hallways. Yeah. So, Very long open hallways uh-huh. too. Like they're not like corridors necessarily. They're fairly spacious. You could have like maybe like four or five people standing sideways walking down them. Yeah, it was so I don't know who his architect was, but that was interesting. So by 1913, they the Lee family had moved out and the county turned the home into a facility for the elderly and those with that needed special care. So mm-hmm. and they referred to it as the county poorhouse. Um, And it wasn't too long after this that it became necessary for the facility to be used as a hospital for the area. And so that became its main purpose in 1953. Okay. So they they adjusted the building a little bit. um, And I couldn't really find anything that specified what those adjustments to the building were. But they adjusted it so that, you know, medical care could be provided. Um, However, one of the issues is that this building did not have a morgue because it was not designed for this kind of thing. So there, there was no morgue. So what they did with bodies that were, you know, that people that had deceased, people that had passed on, <laughs> that pe- people that deceased. had deceased. They changed. That's not, that's poor grammar. <laughs> um, people that were deceased, they would take the bodies and place them into a different room. And I think Bryn was telling, because I missed this section of the tour, which I'll go on into why in a little bit. Um, Bryn told me that this area, which it had been demolished, that particular section, like the walls or whatever, mm-hmm. they had removed all of like the heating ducting and everything out of this room right. so that they could store bodies in it until they could be picked up by the hearst. <laughs> so that's, you know, ill-equipped for the kind of hospital thing, you know? Uh, also, just incidentally, the Tooele County Cemetery is very nearby. Which I'm thinking... You're very nearby. Like, literally a short stroll. Yeah, so I think from where we were, I want to say it was probably on the other side mm-hmm. of the building. Yeah, so it's, I could easily see it. It's real close. Uh-huh. Um, uh, some interesting tidbits I found was that the... So the, there was a couple of movies that had filmed at this location. And that is The Fastest Indian, 
which I don't know if you've ever seen that one. Okay, I, I have seen it. Um, it's about... Were they the fastest? Huh? Were they the fastest? They were. There was a race involved. Huh. Um, I'm trying to remember exactly what it was, but I believe it had something to do with a motorcycle race. Mm. Um, it's been many years since I've seen it. And then also the movie adaption of Sting Stephen King's The Stand filmed at that location as well. The Stand. I've heard of that one. Remember what the premise is on that one again? Uh, it's set in like a post-apocalyptic world. Mm. Okay. Um, if you look at the book, it's approximately five feet wide. That is an exaggeration, but it is a real thick book. If you listen to the audiobook, it's about two straight days of audio. Damn! Straight days! Yes. Oh, it's like 47 or 48 40 something hours. hours. Yeah, it's... That would take you a whole week if you were doing, like, work. I mean, it takes six days. It's a long book. I, it took me, like, a week to listen through it because I was listening at work. So... Yeah, no. Yeah, it, it's, it's a long book. It's a really good book, but don't pick it up for, like, a beach read. You're giving me this look, like, why would you read at the beach? Yeah, no, actually, that was exactly the look I was getting. I don't know people that read at the beach. I just know that I... There's lots of people that read at the beach. Why would you read at the beach? It seems like the most inopportune place to read. Why? Because there's water nearby, and there's sand. What do, what do you do when you're at the beach? Do you just, like, roll around in the sand? I go, I go to the water. I enjoy the water. Or I play volleyball. The entire time you're at the beach, you're in the water. Or I build sandcastles. You never sit still. Nope. You don't ever just, like, lay down and enjoy the sun. Not really. No. By that point, I'm ready to go back well, to Well, congratulations. Party. You're a minority. Oh! Beach, beach read is literally a genre. Is it really? Yes. Oh. It's just, like, light reads that you can get through quickly that are enjoyable. Hmm. Beach read. People read at the beach, Decker. <laughs> like, when we were at dinner, and, like, you, you're like, where'd you get that book from? My purse. I bring books with me places. <laughs> I know. I was just like, because I was like, I was like, wow, that's weird that this place has a book place. Like, like has that specific book here. But. No, it, I brought it from home. <laughs> I'm, I'm the kid that always has a book with me. Anyways. Books aside. Uh, so a new hospital was built in the area uh, around 2000, I believe. And it was hailed as state of the art. So they began moving things over there, and by, like, 2002, I think, is when the old Tooele Hospital shut down. Everything had moved to the new one. Mm -hmm. So 2006 is when uh, Kim Anderson purchased that location and decided that he was going to turn it into a haunted attraction. So I think it's through, like, September and October, it is a haunted house. And that was something that we saw while we were going through it, is they've got all of their props around, and, you know, there was, like, blood splattered all over the walls and all of that kind of stuff. They clearly don't bother to clean up. They just leave it there. Well, I mean, they're going to put it back up again in a little while, yeah, so what's the point? Yeah. And it's it's not like they are using it for other purposes other than, A, haunted house, B, paranormal tours. So Right. They're not, like, having, like, a nice... Yeah, they're not like, out. yes, we're having a wedding reception in the OR. Like, that's not a thing I, that's going on. There has to have been one, though. There has to have been a wedding where, like, someone decided to have it in a haunted place. Oh, I'm sure there is, but I don't think they're happening there. Right, so 2006 uh, turns it into a haunted attraction, and that's only the old hospital section, because at this point, the other section, which this is why it makes me think that 
part of the building was added onto because they talk about like the old hospital and then like, oh, the new section. And I just don't know specifically if they mean new as in like newly acquired to them or not. So in 2017, the nursing home shut down and Asylum 49 acquired the whole building. So, and there, there are a couple other things that are run out of that building. Um, cause like our tour guide was talking about, he runs like a small VR escape room thing called Cranium Games out of a couple of rooms in there. And it looked like there was some signs on the outside, like for, there was one, uh, something spiritual. I don't remember what it was. I just remember seeing a sign for another business. And then he talked about there being a couple of other, like, shops set up mm-hmm. in there. So n- they do have the whole building. And it sounded like they hadn't had been able to have the haunted house attraction in the old area the previous year. He didn't say why, but he just said that they had had to move it into the the newer area. Mm-hmm. Um That's neither here nor there. Uh, Oh, okay. So, based on the things that I read online, allegedly there is a spiritual portal that is open in the hospital. However, it is guarded by a nurse named Maria. And she tells spirits that are moving towards the bright light of the portal that the other side is not the place that they want to go. So she tries to keep people out of it. Uh, I don't know if that is, like... You really don't want to go in there. That's not the place you're looking for. Or if it's like, mwahaha, don't go in there. Uh, didn't say. Um, and then this they this came up again when a medium toured the facility and was like, oh yeah, you've got a spirit portal here. Maria's there. Mm. Uh, room six, which if you're going through it, they've markered on two other sixes. So it is room 666. Uh, that houses the spirit of a man named Wesley, who's an Alzheimer's patient. And he is currently, or he's still in the confused condition of his disease. So it seems like in death he has retained his um, Alzheimer's. As well as something that is dark and possibly demonic in that same room. Uh, a medium came to attempt to help Wesley cross over. Uh, however, she was attacked by the dark entity. And the hospital is also home to... You can't to- take his only buddy. That's all he has. <laughs> I mean, okay. <laughs> the hospital the hospital is also home to several other spirits named Richard, James, Peter, Jessica, and even Samuel Lee and his son Thomas, who was between the ages of six and eight when he died in the house. And so they think that Samuel is still there because his son is there. Mm-hmm. Um, we were specifically told about uh, Jessica and Sarah, who are children, uh, Peter Hansford, who was an x-ray tech, right. uh, Wesley, and the dark entity that is in that same room, and Christian, who is also a child. Um, and it sounds like Christian is a little boy. Yeah, it sounded like that too. It sounded like he was maybe somewhere between the ages of like 8 and 11, was kind of what I gathered. Um, I got a feeling that he was even younger than that. Yeah? Because um, they had an EVP... It was the one about the blanket. The blanket, you're right. Yeah, so that'd be like was, somewhere closer to me, like five. Yeah. Five or four. Um, that particular EVP had some women talking about, because um, there was a rocking chair and a, a blanket on it, and they were talking about taking the blanket away 
Mm-hmm. And the EVP that they caught it says, don't touch my blanket. Yeah. You, you don't mess with the kid's blanket. <laughs> I still have my blanket uh, hidden away somewhere, and no one's allowed to touch that blanket. And so I think I still have my baby blanket somewhere. Yeah. Um, it's the bear blanket, is what it's named. Oh, does it have little bears on it? It does. Mine does, too! <laughs> it's like a white blanket with like little blue squares and like little bear on it. Um. I think it's tattered as hell. Yeah, I was say, like, it has even a stain all of the, on it. Oh, Sorry, nice. Um, <laughs> all of the color has washed out of it. Yeah. Because um, it is veiled. I, I had it when I was sick, when I was healthy. Everything. For everything. It was my cape. Blanket made me immortal, <laughs> dude. Uh, and if this area or this location sounds familiar, if you watch Ghost Adventures, that is why, because they have been there twice. So they went there and did the old section, which is the section that we did our investigation in, uh-huh. and then they came back again and did the newer section, um, which I really appreciated because when, when they sat down and like did their opening spiel and then when we were going through our tour and everything, they were very clear, like... Ghost Adventures is a TV show. They have to have good ratings to keep their TV show. They dramatize a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. However, that doesn't mean that everything that they do catch is bullshit. Um, Debunked. Yeah. <laughs> and that was another thing they were really good about being is they're like, oh, like people hear weird stuff over here. It's this air vent right here. That's yeah. all it is. Um, which I appreciated as yeah. opposed to just trying to be like, oh, look how spooky yeah, it try is. Yeah, to, try to play it up. But they're yeah. actually like, like, no, we want you to find something genuine, but here's mm-hmm. some things to look out for that clearly are not it. Yeah. And our, our guide's name was Bryce, I believe. I don't remember his name. I think no, I'm being completely honest. I don't remember his name. I just remember his hair. <laughs> I feel like I was back in the 90s. He reminded me of one of my best friend's brothers. His name was Sean. And also his, his little brother Jake, it was like the his hair was like down to it. Was, that was like early, or like early to mid two thousands emo hair. Yeah, is what, it, what it made me think of, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh man, a flashback. Like for that uh, but I think his, I think his name was Bryce, and he, he that was, nice dude. That wasn't grunge. That was like scene. It was like scene. Yeah, you're gonna have to explain scene. Me. That's, oh my god! That's you, fine. Like you don't know about like emo over scene, like no. Okay, I will right. look it up. Also, we'll okay. save that for another day. I literally until this moment, I have never heard. You've that. never, oh, you've never heard and, anyone refer, referred to as a scene. Kid. No, I've heard like emo and goth. I've never heard scene. Oh man, scene but not heard. My ears. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. I'm so good. <laughs> <laughs> Dad jokes for Oh shit, I never posted the dad joke pictures. I'll have to do that today. What a shame. That's okay, it'll happen. Anyways. Anyway, so um during their little spiel opening opening spiel. Spiel opening, comma. First name, last name. Nope, that's the you know what? I'm gonna give up on that. <laughs> yep, I, I, I quit. Throw that sentence away. I quit with that line of dialogue. Uh, they showed us some pictures that was, it was down, that was, <laughs> I wasn't going to call you out. You were doing so well. It was down a hallway and you could see, uh, this very clear dark mass that was the shape of a person that was like striding. You could see arms, legs, head. Was that the video where like they were walking down and they saw the group? And were walking um, no, this was one of the still pictures, but it was the same. They think it was the same spirit. Right, because it was one of the, the bird victim, right? Yeah, they okay. they said that his name was Jeremy. Jeremy. And the reason, because you could tell that it was the, like, the shape was a little bit distorted. Um, and they said that that was because he was a burn victim and he retained his, like, burn marks. 
That, see, that would just piss me off if I was a spirit. I, yeah. Like, I'd become a very grouchy spirit if I got to keep my burns in the afterlife as well. It's like, no. Uh-huh. At least when I lived, they healed. But it, you could see him standing, and then they had another one that showed him, like... So I guess, like, their tours went in a very specific direction, and then they changed it. And you could see this, like, misty, dark form that was looking at where the tour would be coming from. Mm -hmm. And then it came from the other direction, because they changed the direction, and you can see the shape, like, freak the fuck out, and it's like, oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god, running down the hallway, and it, like, ducks into a room. Shit! And so that was interesting. Yeah. And then they had a couple other EVPs... Uh, that were real spooky because they were little like children voices. Well, because that was Sarah, right? Yeah, there was like Sarah was one that was like Sarah was all creepy. She's yeah, a prankster. I, what did she say? I think she said, "I'm here with you," yeah. or "I'm here now." That's what it was. "I'm here now." I'm here now. <laughs> um, and they they did say that I think it was twice they've had issues where people were being provocative. And not yeah, like pro- provoke the not spirit. provocative in the like, oh, look at my body type of... Look at my, be careful! <laughs> Do not expose your nips! No, like pro- provocative in the trying to anger the spirits. And yeah. there, there are dark entities there that they did piss off. Mm-hmm. And I think they said it's been... They've had it happen twice where someone has been possessed. Right. And like one they had to do an exorcism with. I, mm-hmm. think. I know they said they had to do it at that site. Yeah, I th- and I think the, the guy... Paul? Paul? Paul sounds I, I think he said that he also had to do an exorcism. Mm. Um, because he made it very clear that he did not want to do that again. Yeah, he's like, please don't, don't ruin us. Don't, yeah. Uh, so they, so we broke off into groups, did a tour. Um, before, before this, they had this guy named Vincent, who was a hypnotherapist, and he was talking about his, I guess in the past he, he had done, like, Vegas-type hypnosis shows, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, and so he put the offer out there that if anybody wanted to use hypnosis as a way to kind of open yourself up more to the paranormal and it, it might make you more, I mean, I guess magnet might be the right word. Um, just because like, you know, the spirits could see that you are more open or something like that and right. would appear yeah. more or whatever. Don't want to necessarily say vulnerable either. It's like available. Like, well, I, I think vulnerable could also be. I mean, that could be a word, too, if you're not prepared. Yeah, it's because you don't want to be, like, a vessel, right? You're not trying to be a vessel. Yeah, like, and they, like, that was something else uh, that they made clear. They were like, do not invite yeah. anyone into you. Yeah, it makes you more accepting. Uh-huh, and they told us, they were like, and when you leave, tell, make sure you say that no one is allowed to leave with you. That's a good thing Avencio decided to speak he up. Did. We legi- I legit We were finally, we were like, oh, shit, oh, shit. <laughs> no, you can't come home with us. Yeah. Stay there. <laughs> Freaking... Jane Lynch, you yeah. want you following me home? Um, we'll explain that a bit. Yeah. Um, and they're they, so they were like, yeah. After we finish this, if you're interested in trying this, um, go meet with Vincent over there. Um, and Avincio wanted to do this, and I was like, well, okay. So we went over there, and there was only four of us that did this. Um, and we, they were like, well, do you want to? Do you think we should do the tour? Do this, and then the tour, or do you want to go with the tour group now and then come back? We're like, well, let's go with the tour. Um, I think the tour ended up taking longer than they thought because we got partway through it, and then the other two guys came and were like, oh, we were looking for you guys to see if you still want to do it. We're like, oh, yeah, we're just the tour's not done yet. So we, that, Avencio and I split off from the tour, so we missed that last section with that back corridor. Right. 
And I, I purposely, I mean, I've been hypnotized before, mm-hmm. but I was like, this will be perfect because, like, if one person gets hypnotized and the other one doesn't, like, mm-hmm. I wonder, like, what experiences we'll have that'll be different. Which I think that was interesting because that means our group, we had three people that didn't and two people that did. Uh-huh. Um, and Evincio and I have both been hypnotized before. Mm-hmm. So, I know that's one of the things that people are like, oh, hypnotis- hyp- or hypnosis is bullshit, blah, blah, blah. Like, you can't hypnotize someone that doesn't want to be hypnotized. Yeah. So... No! I and I, <laughs> having been hypnotized before, I know Is that, that it, Pokemon? it does work. Put me to sleep. Um, but the the time, both Avancio and I, the times that we had previously been hypnotized was in the, uh, what am I thinking? What are the words? Uh, the situation of like a comedy type show. Like I, I got hypnotized for a show that fair. And okay. I think Avincio was something similar in that vein. Gotcha. So you did it more for entertainment rather than for... The, so, yeah, the things that they were having us do were more for entertainment and, like, being silly. Like, um, John has recounted most of it to me. And I've remembered, like, little little bits of it um, that have just, like, come back over time. But, like, afterwards, I was like, no, I don't remember what happened. Because that was one of the things that John said that they did say is, like, you're not going to remember what happened when I am finished. Um, so, you know, just things like, you will act like a washing machine now, or, um, (laughs) one thing was he made it so that whenever anyone would ask me the alphabet, all I would say was E-I-E-I-O. And there was another lady who he was making her repeatedly ask me the alphabet and she was getting very frustrated. Um, John thought that was very funny. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. But yeah, so this was a very different, uh, now I can't think of words for that either, uh, situation. That is the word I want. Yeah. Um, no, it was definitely a very unique where experience, because I did like the same thing. Uh, I was hypnotized, uh, it was the um, like indoor school party for when we graduated uh, uh, Kirby also did that. She, was, yeah. she went, did the hypnosis uh-huh. part of that. So. Um, so this was a very different situation, and that was, uh, it was like a, a guided meditation type thing. Um, very relaxing. Uh, no, that just seemed super relaxed. He seemed the most chill. Yeah. <laughs> and I was thinking about it and I wonder, <clears throat> I don't know. Like, I wonder if something was drawing energy off of him. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It was, it was interesting. Um, I, I didn't notice a whole lot of like extra things. Um, but I mean, it's not like I'd been to the location before to be like, oh yes, comparing and contrast. Right. But so the first place they took us down was they took us down one of the hallways in the newer area. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say newer, I mean newer acquired because I do not know. Yeah, it was not part of the original location because we went down to the original area. Yeah. So this was part of the, was this the nursing home yes. part? Okay. Um, right. Because it was before that uh-huh. one strip. So. And so they took us down and they were... Uh, I think this is the hallway that has the, like, the the owner's offices. Because if you watch the Ghost Adventures episode, um, and this is the second one where they go back and they do the newer area, there's an, a time where Aaron is in the hallway. Was it Aaron? Or maybe it was Nick. Okay, so and then Nick was asleep in the room that had the, like, outline of the body. Mm-hmm. Um, and a door slams. And it was the, the owner's door the of their office mm-hmm. i remember they pointed that out and they were like yes this is the room 
that had that line of the body because um, someone had died and just, I mean, you know, it's a decomp stain, skin slough, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, I don't think... I don't think that was the the hallway that had the demon room. No, that was the next hallway. Okay. I, a weird... The first hallway we didn't get to the demon room. We went partway down and then we came back. And then the second time was when we had to go behind the curtain. And right. that's when we got to the demon right. room. Right. Um, which, so that area was like set up like it had been a lobby type thing. And in watching the ghosts... That's ghost... where the games were at. Yeah. And in watching the Ghost Hunters and uh, Ghost Adventures episodes i think that used to be where the nurse's station was as well which they have since torn that construction down mm-hmm. um which the tour guide did confirm because someone asked about that they were like oh where did they set up their thingy and he was like oh that was the nurse's station it's been demolished <clears throat> now that was also where we did that hypnosis thing and before we sat down to do that and avincio didn't say anything until after this had happened he noticed like a weird shadow down the hallway. Um, but he didn't want to say anything. And like, so we're sitting there listening to this guy kind of give his uh, talk before he does his uh, hypnosis bit. And the girl that was with him, just like hanging out, part of the, she was part of the company, um, got up, took her chair and moved it to like the, the entryway to the hallway so that, and, and she was just kind of like kept looking down there. Um, so then we did the, the hypnosis bit, and then she said that she kept seeing something down there. So she moved her chair so she could keep an eye on what was going on down the hallway because she kept seeing the shadow. And Avincio was like, what? <laughs> yeah, oh. okay. Um, which was interesting because then when I watched that Ghost Adventures episode, one of their sound guys, which <clears throat> John pointed this out, which is hilarious, the sound guy's name was Mike. Ha! <laughs> Perfect! Um, John was like, he was made for that job. Yeah. <laughs> Born for literally. it. In the same area, he goes, I just saw a dark shadow go that way. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. So that was like that first hallway. And then we went down to that second hallway. Um. <clears throat> um. Our tour guide was telling us about some experiences that he had had in that hallway. Hearing... Right, with the beds. I, I talk about, I talk about the, the demon room with the beds that had the two lights over it. No, I hadn't gotten that far yet. Because um, okay. he was telling us about hearing a lot, like stomping. Uh-huh. Um, also, he had been working in that area. Someone else was working in a different area. And somebody came to find uh, me and was like, hey, did you try to scare these people? And he was like, what are you That's when they were trying to make the skin. Right. They were doing, they like, were doing uh, the liquid, liquid latex. latex. And then uh, baby powder and then liquid latex. Uh-huh. Skin to make. Um, and like, oh, somebody had taken their baby powder and like knocked it over and thrown it all over and everything. And uh, he was like, uh, no, I've been here. And there was footprints in the baby powder. That's, yeah, that's what it was. The, it, the baby powder, there were bare footprints that like walked into a door and then just stopped. And didn't continue on the other side or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we get further down that hall. And it goes into this room that is... It, it had a bathroom kind of like in the middle of it that had been demolished. So when we were in there, it was just like an open room. Um, but I think it... Did they say it had four beds in it at one point? 
Uh, I don't remember the four beds. I just remember the because I think there two. were two beds like on each side of the bathroom. There had to, I know there was at least three, so I'd assume there probably was four then. Because yeah. the reason why I might remember three is there's two by the wall, and there was one someone was sitting on as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, which so he he told us about because he, he I guess he knew a guy that worked there at the nursing home as a nurse, and he had received a, a page to this this room, um, and the current occupant of this room was a man who was paralyzed mm. and so he goes into the room and the patient is standing by his bed and when i say paralyzed i mean like legs paralyzed not arms mm. um he's standing by his bed yes uh talking to someone and then all of a sudden he stops sits down lays back in bed and then he can't walk again mm. um so that was weird. And then do you want to tell them the, the story about the beds and the lights? and? Yeah, so that because this one was super creepy. Because I, I was getting the heebie-jeebies. Um, Something like, that I that noticed is that in... Because, I mean, like, it had the feel of, like, oh, this is a creepy old building. Uh-huh. But then there were very distinct feelings that you would get in different rooms. Uh-huh. That, like, you'd walk in and be like, whoa. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those rooms that had that, ooh. Yeah, so at the very end of the hallway, um, it was the last door on the left, um, and basically our guide had told us uh, a story about how um, they were doing an investigation inside of that room, and they had, what was that uh, tool that they mentioned they were using? An ovulus. Ovulus. In terms of, because I kept thinking Oculus every time they said it. But so yeah, did so, I. Especially because they had the VR stuff. Yeah. There. So, um, the Oculus, which is like a, it's basically like a translator for like spirits. In a sense, like, think of like a spirit box, but mm-hmm. it's like where, I think it's the one that does the random sounds, right? And I think yeah. they say it, like, it does like Mandarin backwards. Um, I'm not sure if that's the one that they were using at that time, but he did pull out something later in our investigation that was, it was saying... Uh, Chinese phonetics, but backwards. Uh-huh. Um, right. But so, it, yeah, it's that kind of thing. There's ovulus in the room, and they were doing their investigation, and at one point, someone decided to try and provoke it by saying, um, I hear there is a dark, scary shadow in this room. I don't believe that. It's oh, kind of like the, the... Um, to preface this, some people had been staying in that room, or like the patients, right. had said that they had seen a tall, dark shadow with red eyes uh-huh. that would stand by their bed and look at them. Right. So you have this guy saying that, and I guess the first time that it was said, someone, and it was funny because it was right by where I was standing a little bit, um, someone said they saw a shadow basically cross the room and walk over to someone. Mm-hmm. The first time it was said. So then they waited for like several more minutes and stuff. And eventually the guy said it again. And he said, uh, what was it? I, here's this uh, black shadow in this room. I don't believe you exist. Mm-hmm. And then that time, I think they said the room was getting darker, if I recall. Yeah. Right. Which, and, that's and an incredibly the, dark the building. The obelisk was getting high pitched. That was what happened the second Yeah, he said it was. It started ascending. It was uh, screaming kettle. like a tea kettle, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which they aren't supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not exciting. Uh, well, I mean, that's exciting. That's <laughs> supposed to happen. And then um, the, the final time was they ended up sitting on... Uh, the guy that was provoking the spirit sat down on the bed. And I think he said, you have permission to grab my foot. And this one's different than the other one, which had to do with the... Uh, with uh, 
Sarah, right? It Correct. wasn't Sarah's thing. They, they kind of said the same thing where it's like, you have, uh, you know, if you exist, you have permission to grab, like, my, uh, my foot. Mm-hmm. And then he said that he felt like something grabbing around his ankles. Um, and then at that moment, apparently, the ovulus cut all audio. And then it came back and then it said, I think the first one was leave now. Uh-huh. Right? Or no, no, it said goodbye. It that, said that's goodbye right. the first time. And they're like, well, we don't want to leave. And then they said, leave now, hide, was what they said mm-hmm. the second time. And then... So they did. <laughs> right. Well, this guy, uh, this guy um, stayed there for a while. Then he got really upset that everyone left there. Uh-huh. Um, but then I believe later on... They got outside and these other people that had been with them had left their flashlights, but they were now too scared to go back into the room. Right. So our uh, tour guide and another guy went back in there mm-hmm. to get them. And I guess the other guy's name was Eric. Yes. Um, and so he was like, hey, well, let's see if it's still there. Right. So he pulls out the Oculus again and... Right. Is and, being well, all provocative. The still left on at Correct. this point. Because... Um, yeah, so it's still left on. Mm-hmm. And then they went back, and then I think that was when they got in the room, like, they, they asked some questions, and then they heard something, um, it was like, run, and then... The, well, it said, it said the guy's name, it said Eric. That was, a sec- that was right after that, though. Yeah. He, he heard run, and then um, the other two guys had already been leaving, and then um, Eric was taking a sweet-ass time, uh-huh. and then it said, run, Eric. Run and, and hide. Like, yeah, and it was like ah, and so like he like yeah, fun stuff. So that's like I don't know. Anytime anything is like run and hide, that's ew. yeah. It's like it's like he's telling you to run and hide. Uh-huh. Like, ah! Um, um, yeah, that room was spooky, scary. So then from there we went down through another one of the hallways of the nursing home section, um, where they were telling us about how it had been used. Like I think some people there, it had been used to hide some of. It was like the psych ward area where I think they had housed some Uh, people that had been deemed criminally insane. Um, It had been also been like part of the hospice area. mm -hmm. So I think he said that like when it was deemed that you probably only had like a week or two to live, they would move you to like one of these four rooms at the end of the hallway. And then when someone would pass on, they would lock all the doors and on that hallway until they could move the body out through the loading dock that was right there at the end. Um, which we didn't spend a whole lot of time in that area. We kind of moved through, um, went down, and they took us through an area called the Green Mile, which is this long-ass hallway. It's fairly long. That it's, It has green carpet. It's like, oh gosh, I feel like it was like 70 yards. Like It, it, was, it was a very expansive. long hallway. Um, and it had lots of doors on either side of rooms. Um, and they, they pointed out a security camera that when they took ownership of that side of the building they believed it to be malfunctioning because they didn't get any picture from it so they went down there to replace it and they found out that like some black electrical tape had been placed over it because the nurses didn't want to see down the hallway anymore mm-hmm. because there is a black shadow man that is frequently seen in that hallway right um and i think in the the ghost adventures episodes um, they were talking about how they believe that it was malicious towards the patients. Mm. Um, and our guide told us that there was 
Uh, so they would get calls, like the nurses would get paged to, to rooms where no one had paged them. Uh-huh. Um, also, like something that the nurses would do, you know, every night check on the patients and knock on the door. Um, well, the patients weren't there anymore and nurses are still checking on them. Nurses that aren't there anymore either. Mm. So that's interesting. Um, trying to remember what else. Oh, he did tell us about a particular experience that he had had mm-hmm. where he was... Shutting cabinets? Uh-huh. Are you talking about the one where he was shutting cabinets? Oh, no, I forgot about that one. Oh. Uh, do you want to tell the one? Yeah, so he, um, so back in, like, uh, the, the, the main area that was, like, the X, mm-hmm. right? Um, that area, he was going throughout, he was shutting, like, all the doors and cabinets and stuff. Because all of the cabinets had flown open. Right. And so he went through to go take care of that all, and then after he had finished, like, the last section, he went back out, and all the cabinets that he had done were, like, reopened again. Mm-hmm. But he was, so he was in the Green Mile, and he looked down the hallway, I think, because he did say that at one point some of the actors for the haunted house had been having issues, and so they lived in a couple of the rooms there very briefly while they uh-huh. were in between places, and so he was helping them do some stuff, uh-huh. and he looked down the hallway and saw this, like, ten foot tall black shape, because the ceilings were very high. Yeah, I actually said that ceiling was probably twelve, because it felt like it was double me. Uh-huh, it was, least. the ceilings were very high, and he said that this, it went from the ground to the ceiling, mm-hmm. and it was just moving towards him. Yeah. Um, so he freaked out and ran away, which, Bring yes. Bring Rob and ran away, he ran. <laughs> okay, I would do the same thing, you yeah. know? Um, also, um, the shadow man, they would see him, like, pacing between different rooms, going in and out. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did say that he saw him go from one room to the other, and he had to stoop to go out of the door, and then stoop right. to go in the next door. Yeah. Which, ee. Um, Not a fan. So when, they, when we moved through the Green Mile, they took us into the area where we would actually be doing our investigation. Mm-hmm. And they took us into this area that, it was, it was full of different props and everything for the haunted house. Um, but they'd actually been doing, also been doing some construction. Um, they were tearing out a, like a wall there. Because their, their blueprints showed that, like, there was a door there. And they're like, oh, well, this is a wall. So, I mean, maybe we can open this up and find something cool. And they opened it up and it was just like an area with ducting. However, it goes to the basement. And he was describing an entity that has been seen in the basement that has now been seen in the rest of the the hospital because it has come up from the basement and the way that he describes he described it a couple of different times because uh, <clears throat> like there was what he told the group at large and then i think he kind of i think more detail i think that was a little bit softer than what when because he told us later in a smaller group because so when we went down that first corridor there was some people that had some dousing rods which okay that was that was with the guy that we was We'd gone like, down like three doors and this lady was in tears because she was like, There's something I in that, that room. Lady, right? You I scared yeah. her outright. Like I was just walking back and she was not paying attention, then she just looks up and sees me and she actually gasped and jumped back a little bit. Yeah, you like, were like you were just existing. I'm like, oops. I wonder is that how ghosts feel? Like, shit, I didn't mean to scare you. But so the the door this particular oh. door was shut. They said that it was just like full of equipment or whatever and we were like oh, okay well this lady yeah. is like in tears and she's like no there's something in that room and so the tour guide opened and was like yeah equipment yeah and then one guy's like can i check it out and stuff and they're like no <laughs> this is the expensive equipment i'm shutting yeah. the door yeah <laughs> and the reason that they were like oh there's something in there was because they had dowsing rods which okay yeah 
okay. I, yeah. I've used dowsing rods, and I know like it is real hard to get them so that they will sit in your hands and not move based on your body. Yeah. So, shocking. They moved. Yeah. yeah. You were walking. Well, and the guy was like, he's like, can I check it out? And the guy's like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> uh-uh. This is, I told you specifically <laughs> we're not investigating this section uh-huh. of the building. Um, so I, I feel like he kind of sugarcoated what he was telling us at that particular area because he knew that some of the people in the group were excitable, I guess. Yeah, they were eager for adventure. Uh, I mean, we were three doors down in that first hallway and she that, was crying, so. Three doors down. Uh, <laughs> um, but so he described this entity as uh, very similar in appearance to Smeagol. Yep. From Smeagol Lord of the Rings. Dog, yeah. Um, so that's nice. And then when we came back through again, he was like, okay, so, oh, and I guess what had happened is there was a demonologist and like his group that were in there looking at some stuff and they saw this entity and were like, fuck, and got the hell out. Uh-huh. Um, they had their, I think it was their, I think it was an ovulus that they were using as well. Uh-huh. Yep, they were using um, an ovulus. And so this, what happened. This demonologist, I think, for the people. Uh-huh. This, it was what crawled out of this hole that from the ducting into the basement was said that it appeared like a woman, Mm -hmm. um, in like a white nightgown. Uh Um, and she, she like crawled out and was like on all fours, like Gollum type. Like, like ring-esque or like, uh, the grudge. Um, and then their Oculus started going snake, 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 snake. Um, which is creepy AF. Yeah, no. Peace out. Bye. Um, so they left. Which, fair. Girl's a snake! Um, and he did say that in that same area, because there's another door to the loading dock there, uh-huh. that they had had a hellhound uh-huh. that was just kind of camping out there. And it was there for like his, uh, his first year. Yeah, he said, said it was there for a, about a year that he was aware of. Um, and then it, it, I don't remember how he said that it got, they got rid of it. Well, he um, just said that they, I believe he just said they stopped experiencing like. Oh, just from like it moved on. Because he said that it showed up prior to him being there, mm-hmm. but he but it only lasted like when he showed up there for like that la- that his first year. Mm-hmm. It was like the rest of the time it showed up. Okay, so and it I just, guess it moved on. Yeah, um, it had places to be, man. Yeah, and so they took us through some of the other areas back there. Which had been set up sort of like a castle type thing, and yeah, it, I guess at one little... point it had been a mirror, a mirror maze, which you can see that in the first Ghost Adventures episode they do there. Yeah, but um, they had to take that shit down because I guess what, what was it? One of the ghosts that was a Sarah. Asshole. Oh no! So there's another uh, the little girl Sarah. Mm-hmm. Um, they because they had people coming up and be like, "Man, the creepiest part of that mirror maze was the little girl that followed you around," and they were like. What are you talking about? We don't have any little girl actors that follow you around through the maze. Um, and there also does appear to be some sort of a malevolent thing that lives in that area where uh, they had some people come through and they were doing, I think it was an Oculus session. Mm-hmm. And he either really that or like were, women, right? That was the one that we're talking about? Yeah, I think it, he, he doesn't like women, especially, uh, especially blonde women. Yeah. But it was uh, this guy. They were they were asking him questions and they had been kind of probing and prodding for a while and I guess the spirit decided that he was done with it, um, and he's Yurikund. Yeah. And so then a year later, the same people came back and they're in the same area. And like, Do you remember me? And then the ov- ovulus says, "The cunt's back," mm-hmm. which that's creepy. Like, oh, you remember me? Cool. Yeah. And then they ended up, uh, I guess because, 
uh, it was scaring a lot of people using the mirrors. Yeah. So they took those away, and uh-huh. they're like, and now he's just a big old bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Like, he does nothing now because well, he that has was, nothing. Well, that was something that they said was that, like, yeah, when he was in the mirrors, he felt like a real big guy because he could, you know, scare people real easily. And now that they've taken that away, he's kind of a lot of talk and not a lot of yeah. action. But apparently he Which also, is fine by me. Yeah, but I guess, like, he did, like, end up, like, like marking people. Yeah, he would... Um, there's some people that have re- reported being scratched. Um, I think our, our guide said that... At one point, he was just, like, working on something, and he felt like the his shoulder was burning. And then he looked at it later, and he had some scratches. Um, and they took us through that area, and then we went through some parts that of the, the old hospital where he showed us where the, like, this was the x-ray room. This was mm-hmm. ER1. This was, was ER2. Was um, and they did show us an EVP that very clearly, where they're like, what's your name? And it very clearly says Peter Hansford. And so they looked into this. Peter Hansford was a an x-ray technician that volunteered for years at this hospital. He lived in like the Salt Lake area, and he drove every time he came and worked from Salt Lake to Tuella and back. And they say that he is in that old x-ray room. And they did have a lot of the original equipment in that room, too, which was neat. Uh, everything they said about him, though, was that like he's just a nice guy. Mm-hmm. He's, they don't know why he's there, why he's still there, but he's... Just chilling. Just hanging out. He's a nice guy. Um, and he's still hanging out there because some of his patients are still there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then we went through, like, ER1, ER2, and those um, had been, like, very gussied up for the, the haunted house. Like, there oh, was yeah, for sure. blood everywhere. Everywhere. All... Everywhere. Mannequins. <laughs> Too many mannequins. Um, yeah, there were there were a lot of mannequins. Not a fan. And, Props like that all over the place. Literally every corner, I was like, God, <laughs> fucking mannequins. So you go out of that, go out of there, and there's like a, a hallway area uh, into a big room where it looked like a, there had been many smaller rooms that had just like walls demolished and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this, so this was the point where Avencio and I left the tour to go do the hypnosis. So everything that I know past this is what you, Bryn, Brennan told us. Right. Um, they were doing construction on, like, the roof of this area, and so they're pulling down the roof, and, like, some rubble comes down, and then, like, a toy ball comes out of the roof, or out of the ceiling, and rolls around, so they just kind of, like, kick it off to the side over behind some rubble, and then it comes back. Right. And they're like, well, that's fucking weird. So they go back to demolishing, and it, the ball is now under rubble, like, concrete, Roof stuff, blah blah blah. Well, because what happened was, is they 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 chucked it, and then it came back into view, and the guy was pissed off that was doing the ceiling stuff, so he dropped the rubble on the ball. Mm-hmm. On yeah, purpose. so it's under all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. They come back the next day, it's on top. Yeah, so it's on the table. Right. Yeah. So this, um, and they said that what it is, there's a little boy there that likes to play with the ball, mm. and so I'm guessing that this is maybe Thomas, Thomas yeah. or maybe Christian. Yeah, this could be either one of them. Um, and then this this is also the area where they had that other room that had been set up, like the, the not-a-morgue, just the room where they'd removed all of the heating elements and all of that. Uh-huh. And then it had also been um, like showers and locker rooms for staff. And all of that stuff had been torn down, so it was pretty much just an empty room. Um, although it looks like part of it had been set up in some sort of a church fashion-y, I'm assuming for the haunted house, because there were... 
the weird things on the wall where it looked like there had been, um, like altars, and then there was like an upside down cross imprint. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how they had that set up for the haunted house, but I'm sure that was something like that. And from there, you continue down into the last corridor, which has what looked to be like a large, I want to say like a receiving area or a lobby type thing, probably for right. when it was like the original. Oh, all the mannequins and it was and the baby doll. full of mannequins. It was weird. Um, Just like that place hated me. And I think that was, they showed us another video where they had used a flashlight on the table um, so mag lights, if you ever use those, if you unscrew them very, very carefully, you can get it so that if they're, if you tap the end of it, it will flash. Mm-hmm. Um, so they had done a session where they were talking to Jessica, who was another, I think it, it that one was a, a child, right? Uh, I can't recall. I feel like Jessica was a child, but maybe not. Um, and that, so they had a table in there with chairs, kind of like a conference table set up. And they put that on, they were asking questions, and they were like, hey, like, if you're here, if you want to talk to us, can you make the flashlight light up? And it lights up. And they're like, oh, well, like, can you do it twice? And then it lights up twice. And they're like, well, can you move it? And it comes on and rolls across the table. Mm-hmm. And that was interesting. Um, and then that lady freaked out, and then just stopped. And she was like, oh, shit! And then it stopped, and she was like, oh, I'm really sorry, I said a bad word. And then it, like, flashed again. Yeah. Um, that... So I looked through all of my pictures that I took while we were there. I didn't see anything weird. Mm-hmm. I listened through back through all of my recordings. The only weird thing I heard was Decker's stomach growling. Very active stomach. <laughs> stomach had lots of activity. Um, when I walked into this room shortly after I entered it, something pulled my hair. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, I mean, other than like walking into a room and having Wait, like... did you say the last room? No. Oh, okay. Um, this was the, the room that had all the mannequins in it. Um, like shortly after, like I had like a weird feeling when I walked in there. I if that was Sarah. I'd, it could have been. Um, Sarah was like literally right in that vicinity. That's but I, yeah, I think that's going. also in the area of where like Jessica was as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking maybe one of those. But I, I they tag teamed and both pulled away at the same time. <laughs> I thought I was like, well, is it caught on my jacket? But where it pulled from, it was right at my scalp, and it wasn't down like pulling down. It pulled up, mm-hmm. which was very odd. Uh, so I was like, huh. Well, I have no explanation for this. Um, I think that was probably the strangest thing that happened to me or that I encountered other than going into rooms and being like, whoa, this feels heavy or, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. So then going down that room, down that room, down that hallway, they've got um, the nursery. Right. um, Where they've got a little girl named Sarah that likes to jump back and forth between the beds. And she's the one that likes to kind of play tricks on people and make her voice sound all creepy. Right. And she knows the bed thing now because she was told by, I can't remember, was it a guide? Was it actually someone else there? I thought it was like the owner. Maybe. Who was like, you can't do this. This is, people are scared and they don't want to come back and see you. Right. But then, um... But then someone saw her down the hall, like, crying and stuff. They went to go chat with her. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, they asked, like, like why can't I scare and stuff like that? And someone's like, like, no, you can totally scare. And then I guess she got, like, a very mischievous grin. <laughs> and literally just, like, apparated into, like... Disapparated? Air. Yeah. And um, then I guess now she likes to jump between the beds from underneath them. Yeah. Um... 
And I think across the hall from that was labor and delivery. So there's the there was an open room, and to one side was like for um, just like standard routine labor and delivery, and the other side was for emergency C-sections. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, Bryn was telling me about there's a 16 year old girl that died in childbirth as well as her her baby. Yep. That is not super active, but when she does communicate, it's very emotional. Mm-hmm. And so there was like some local radio people that were doing a show and like they hadn't been, hadn't really gotten anything. So they were like, okay, well, we've got one last thing we can try. So they went and they went into that room. They were communicating with her and like the people that were there just started crying. Mm-hmm. And so then they got a call from their like higher up at the radio station who was fairly pissed off because people that had been listening to it on the radio had all of a sudden started crying, just, like, inexplicably. So, that's kind of a weird... Yeah, I just thought they thought it was, like, hypnosis. Like, like yeah. you can't do that stuff over the radio. No. That stuff does not work over the radio. Um, so, I am broadcasting feelings! Mm-hmm. <laughs> Going further down, was there anything other than the room at the end? I don't recall there being anything else. Because they had, like, the little banshee... They had the bathroom, mm-hmm. but those were like the bathroom was just small. The banshee was something that they had created for their for the haunted house. Haunted house. They did mention that something had tripped the banshee to go off. Mm-hmm. They had a um, a laser trip wire, which is like as you're like walking through, yeah. so as you cross it, the banshee would come out and scare you. Now they were doing some investigation in the hallway, and they took the the trip and they put it face down, so like, nothing could trip it. Mm-hmm. Like there's no way it could possibly go off. And they're doing some investigation, and all of a sudden, it the off. banshee oh, came out, which means that the only way that it could have gone is off... Is something flipped it over? Is, no, not flipped it oh. over. There's a button in the back, right oh. behind the banshee, which means that someone hit the button to get the banshee to come out at them. Yikes. So I'm like, that's kind of spooky. That's kind of spooky. Um, so then the end of this hallway is you've got room six. Also known as room 666. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where Wesley is and the dark entity or whatever that's there. And right. I guess Wesley never really goes very far from his room. He's either in his room or like in the hallway around right. his room. He just um, kind of shuffles. Which they said uh, kind of mirrors how he was in life. He never went very far from there. And that's one. Did you hear about the light trick in that hallway? No. I, so I was going to start telling you that, but I thought someone said that you had already heard it, so I stopped trying to explain it. But. Basically, the, um, there's a trick they used to have because in that hallway near the back, there was an exit sign that was like flashing, that was red, and it was just light enough to where you could see the very base of like the door frame at the end of the hall. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they'd do is they'd, they'd have just that light there, and everyone would be really quiet, turn off all their lights and stuff, and just stare. Mm-hmm. And a good portion of the time, they said they would, someone, someone in the group would see someone crossing oh. the banister. And that, that was Wesley, just uh-huh. shuffling across, because he would he'd pace out back and forth between the hallway. I guess there was one night where he got really, uh, not him, I guess there was the dark figure there instead, mm-hmm. and they were very agitated, pacing back and forth, yeah. and then come up the hallway a little bit, then start pacing, and then come back up the hallway even further. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was the one light trick that they mentioned that they would showcase, is, mm-hmm. uh, that you'd see Wesley, but that was the only other thing that I could recall in the hallway. You're hearing, I think, uh, Steve. Okay. Don't worry, I heard that too. I was like, that is not the sound that the furnace should be making. <laughs> yeah! God damn it, Stephen. <laughs> okay. Stephen is the name of the vacuum. Yep. Um, 
trying to remember if there were any other good stories they told us. Uh, so in that last room, that's probably where Zach got punched in the gut. Oh yes, uh, and if you watch that first Ghost Adventures ep- Ghost Adventures episode, they're doing like a, a Jacob's ladder in there, and they're, What's they're Jacob's ladder remind me again. Um, so it's these like V-shaped um, rods, and it it sends. Uh, like an arc between them. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. so the the theory is that you know a, a spirit or a, an entity or whatever can control it when it gets to the top, and so they were being very aggressive and provocative, and it would like pull the arc of electricity towards whoever was doing that at the time, um, and then I think it was Nick and Aaron left the room and were going up the hallway, mm-hmm. and oh, so. Previous to this, Aaron had been alone in the hallway, and he had captured an EVP that sounds like it says Zach Bacon's. So he was like, well, this is clearly your room, dude. you got to do this. So Aaron and Nick leave the room, and that's when uh, Zach feels himself being pushed into the wall. Which, I mean, you go, ghost. That was a good room. <laughs> I had fun in that room. Um, and that was kind of a weird room because like there was a broken window. I know, I, and it's funny because like I saw it, and I thought like it was like like a crack. Or, like, that's what I thought too, and I was weird. like, oh no, that's all. And then I walked closer, and I was like, oh, I can see the outside. Yeah, that's like just I, broken I can window. actually like we could break a little bit more of this, and I can actually get yeah. Out. Um. Also, they had a T Rex there. I don't. Yeah, they had a T Rex and a raptor. <laughs> yeah, I think they also had a pterodactyl. I think is what he said. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that's for. I would assume that's probably something for the haunted house. Yeah, possibly. Because um, right. they definitely had different themed areas, because, like, they had an Egypt room. Mm-hmm. Um, they said they were going to make the the large room with the, where they had the, you know, run now, run and hide. Mm-hmm. Um, that was going to be turned into, like, a karate dojo type setup. Mm-hmm. Um, so it sounds like there's themed areas, so it wouldn't surprise me if they had some sort of a Jurassic Park type yeah. thing. Um, but, I mean, that was honestly, that was... It for the most part. Mm-hmm. So it was a good chunk of stuff. Yeah, um, and something that the the guide did say was that a lot of the times when you have something really big manifest, it kind of like spends the energy right that's in the location for a while. And since it had only been a couple of weeks since the weird snake lady had shown up, um, he felt like it probably was going to be a little bit quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean it makes sense too because like he. He said it was like someone like a volcano, which is yeah, how it and then works, it has right? to build it's pressure like again. Gonna, yeah, it's or it, you know it's like expended all that it had, so it's uh-huh. like recuperating and so it's like taking a nice nap. Yeah, um, but yeah, it was it was really fun. I enjoyed it a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, even though not a lot of weird stuff happened, I think that's fine, and you know people need to realize that that's generally how it's gonna be. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not like the movies. Yeah. Um. Because otherwise, everyone would be going to those. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, like, it would be more widely accepted mm-hmm. kind of thing. Because there's a lot of skepticism yeah. and stuff. Um, yeah. I'm glad no one, none of our friends... No one was grand. ...was an asshole. Well, oh, yeah. Nobody tried to scare anybody, which was good, because punches would have flown. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, or, like, try to provoke, like, any spirits and stuff. Also that, yeah. Yeah. Um... But, like, yeah, listening through all of the recordings and pictures and everything, there was nothing weird. I think my my weird thing was getting my hair pulled. And I I think other than that, because Brenda and I discussed this, how, like, yeah, there was there was a lot of very distinct feelings going into specific rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think other than that, most of what went on that for at least for our group that we experienced was right. Avincio saw that weird shadow thing in the hallway. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he said that he saw another weird thing in the basement, but I don't remember exactly what he said. Yeah, but the basement one was really freaky. And, yeah. I, and unfortunately, I mean, I'm glad they didn't show us how to access the basement. Um, yeah, you know, I should specify, we were not in the basement. Yeah. Um, they just mentioned that the area that we were looking at has, like, it, it has access to the basement. Yeah. But of course, you wouldn't want to go down but that you... way, because it's a giant gaping hole. Uh-huh. <laughs> in, and in that first Ghost Adventures episode, they do go down to the basement. Mm. Um. It's funny that you mentioned that, too, because I was, I was putting up my laptop trying to watch uh, something on Hulu last mm-hmm. night. The very first episode that showed up on my Ghost Adventures feed, like... Was that episode. Really? That was literally the episode that I was the next one in my queue to watch. Because huh. I already watched like a couple of episodes. The, the first time they go there or the new three. one? Oh, That's okay, yeah. Because I think the second one, the second time they go there is like season 14. Yeah. But I was like, oh, I'm like, that's convenient mm-hmm. and coincidental. But it was it was a cool location. Uh-huh. Um, walking through it and have it, like having been in more modern hospitals, uh, it's just really sad because yeah. there's not a lot of space. There's not... Not, um, I did feel like an adventure, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's like, we were walking around, not really looking at our phones at all, like, unless it was, like, to record, take pictures. Yeah. But we were, like, all interacting. Like, so I mean, basically, the experience was, like, we were looking, we were walking around a place that we literally had no clue yeah. what was even Yeah. And, when, I mean, we went in there with our, our phones, so we had our, we had a video recorder, we had an audio recorder, we had a camera, and then we all had little flashlights. Mm-hmm. And that was what we went in there with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, no one in our group checked out any of their other equipment because they had like EMF readers and KQ yeah, readers and, and dowsing rods. It's and... like faulty and I don't want to be pointing to people like doing it. Just, <laughs> like for me, I'm like, nah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna immerse myself mm-hmm. in experience. I'm not gonna try and find anything. I'll just let something find me. Mm-hmm. Well, and that was what they were talking about. Her like your best, you know, ghost hunting tool is your own body. And mm-hmm. That was how kind of how they like threw the like, oh, like. Try this hypnosis thing. Are you saying I'm a tool? Now I am. Good. <laughs> but I think if you have the opportunity to do a paranormal mm-hmm. inves- in, in, investigation, <laughs> investigation, <laughs> go do it because it was a lot of fun. It was a ton of fun. I don't think I would want to go do that by myself. Yeah, and like and for us, it was fifty bucks, but it was for five hours, so it was like ten dollars an hour. Yeah. Uh, and we, I mean, we did get a pretty cool tour with all of that yeah. history and stuff history, too. Yeah, um, fun interactions. Yeah. yeah. So that was the uh, old Twilla Hospital, also or currently known as Asylum Forty Nine. Mm. It did just stop randomly, didn't it? I'm guessing that Stephen got stuck. Oh. He has okay. he has issues with the lip between the kitchen and the living room, which I don't. Sometimes he hits it and he's fine, and then other times he just can't cope. Did not mean to hit that. <laughs> Apologies nice. for the random rumbling you just. Nice. Did. Um. Oh, but Decker's stomach on recording sounds real weird, dude. <laughs> it was like this weird growly sound, and I was like, "What the fuck was that?" And then directly after it, you hear, "Nice job, stomach." <laughs> dude. I, always, I marked, anytime I stunk girl, I marked that because uh-huh. I did not want, if we did get anything, if you, I did not want the stunk yeah. to come off as... It, it was a, and it was in room six, too, so it was <laughs> like, maybe something is growling at us. Oh, no, Decker's growling at us. Yeah, I'm... From inside. You guys, yeah. there's no food in here. We have to get out. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
that's all I got. Shall we uh, roll for next episode? Let's do it. So I have... These are some heartbeat dice. I backed their Kickstarter. Uh, they're really cool. These ones are blue and purple and pink. Oh! Like, uh... Sorry for just being random. Stri- striated? Is, is that the word I want? They're layered. Yeah, I think that's right. I don't know. The way you said it felt weird, but it also sounds right. I don't know. Striated? They're pretty. Yeah. I like them a lot. They're like metamorphic dice. No, not metamorphic. Sedentary. I'm an idiot. It's fine. I got a one. Oh. Son of a bitch. Yeah, roll that d6. I got a two. Oh, shit. <laughs> <coughs> okay, so that's local paranormal. Perfect. All right. I'm excited for you. I just want true crime. <laughs> that's all I wanted. <sighs> um, okay. Uh, so the reason I made that weird sound earlier was because there was this... There was these dice that someone shared, and I was immediately going to buy them because I was like, they're so cool. Because they were like, they said these were dice for rogues, and the dice has nothing on them, right? So mm-hmm. the dice are completely blank. But if you hold it underneath the black light, it'll tell you what the number is. Oh. And I was like, that's cool. That's neat. Yeah, I was like, I can roll it, and I'll be like, what is it? So, uh, um, but yeah, unfortunately, they were immediately sold out. I was like, damn it! But uh, I'm gonna roll. Well, you know what I'm going to roll. The same dice! Whoop, whoop! That's what happens when you get custom-made dice. You use them always. Ah, current events. Oh, look at that. Sick. All right, so we've got current events and local paranormal. Whoop, whoop! Right. There's a lot of stuff happening already. Oh, I'm so sorry. Every joint in your upper body. (laughs) Oh, my elbows! No! Is that how I grow my extra limbs? I just pop my elbows enough, and eventually I can be, uh, was it named Narshma? Narshma? I I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, Narishma? Yeah, Narishma. I feel like that's not how it works. Nine bad. (laughs) Oh man, he could have been a Thundercat. Okay. Oh okay. I I didn't get to watch that growing up. You never watched? Oh what? Uh, I don't know why I made that sound. I used to always confuse He Man. With Thundercats. Really? I don't know why. I think it's just because they both had swords and they both had sayings that they do with the swords. Uh, and they rebooted Thundercats and I guess it was it was a really great reboot. Really? I never watched it, but then it got canceled because it didn't get enough audience. Um, the people watching it, they're like, this is freaking gold. It's such a shame that it's going mm-hmm. away. And I'm like, and I guess they're redoing Thundercats. Which is interesting because like Power Rangers is still going. Right. But, I don't understand how. There's enough kids. I don't understand how. Um, but Power Rangers is still going, but Sherlock Holmes in the 22nd century. That's not on our That was bomb. That was right? a baller show. I was all about that show. Don't Waltz have like a robotic arm? I believe so. Yeah. That was that was legit. Cool. <laughs> well, thanks for tuning in. Come back next week to find out what the fuck we're talking about. Bye! Bye. If you've got something to say, find us on Anchor at anchor.fm slash WTFpod. Email us at wtf.podcast.mail at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at WTFAYTA Podcast. That's WTFAYTA, our acronym, podcast. Our music was by Decker Hinckley, and our artwork was by Kirby Morgan.